0: I'm Jasmine Moulton, and it's time for a Reality Check. Reality Check is a new show here at True North, where we'll use facts and logic to debate the most common talking points of the left. Here's how the show will roll out. We'll play clips of the left, giving those arguments, and then I'll equip you with the facts you need to debunk them. So let's get started. Our topic this week is Canadian healthcare. Take a listen. I grew up in Canada. OK, we have right. socialized medicine. And I am I'm here to tell you that this b- line that you get on all of the political shows from people is that it's a failure. The system is a failure in Canada. It is not a failure. in Canada. I never waited for anything in my life. I chose my own doctors. My mother never paid for a prescription. It was fantastic. And I just got back from Vancouver and I keep hearing this like Canadians are so nice. Canadians are so nice. They can be nice because they have health care. Because they have a government that cares about them. It doesn't say sink or f- and swim, pal. Right. Or you live in a box. Yeah. There are certain people in our society that need to be taken care of. There are, there are people without as many opportunities that need to be helped toward those opportunities. There are people who are sick. But that's the... You that, shouldn't have to lose your home and because your mother got sick. For our audio-only listeners, that was actor and comedian Jim Carrey. He was on The Bill Maurer Show, a late-night American TV show. And I don't know why he thinks he's such an authority on Canadian healthcare. He left the country at the age of 19, which usually you use the healthcare system a little more as you age. So presumably he did not use it that much when he was that young. When he was 19, that was over 40 years ago. He left the country in 1981. So let's just put that on the table. Moving on, Jim Carrey said a lot of things in that clip, but his main argument is that Canada has the best healthcare system in the world. When you're disagreeing with leftists, a good approach is to find first common ground, things that you agree on. There were a lot of things he said in that rant that I disagree with, but the one thing that he did say is that there are some people who need to be cared for in society. It's a famous Gandhi quote that says, a society can be judged by how it treats its most vulnerable members. Broadly speaking, most Canadians would agree that low income or the elderly, any sort of vulnerable Canadian should not be denied healthcare simply because they can't afford it. Now it's a good strategy and a good tactic to acknowledge your common ground, things you agree on, especially in this case, because it disarms whoever you're speaking to of the ability to criticize you for being some sort of heartless or uncaring person who doesn't care about the plight of the poor. But now that you've established that common ground, you should move into your argument. Many studies by many different groups have all confirmed that despite Canada spending a lot of money on its health care in relation to comparable countries, either in terms of high-income countries, industrialized countries, or other countries even that have universal access healthcare systems, Canada's outcomes do not rank highly in comparison. The Fraser Institute compared the performance of 28 different countries with universal healthcare and found Canada was not only one of the highest spenders but our country ends up near the bottom when you look at indicators such as the number of doctors per population, hospital beds, MRIs and also Canada has the longest wait times. And the Commonwealth Fund, which is an American-based organization that looks at best healthcare practices from systems around the world, from other high-income countries, and they do this to try and improve the American system, they found similar findings as the Fraser Institute report, that emergency department wait times were longest in Canada, and wait times for specialists were longest in Canada, and these metrics were not improving. An article from the Montreal Economic Institute had similar findings. They point out, and I quote, In Canada, 18% of people waited four months or longer for elective surgeries. Other universal healthcare systems that, unlike ours, maintain a strong role for private insurance had much lower wait times for elective surgeries. In Switzerland, only 6% of patients had waited four months or longer. In the Netherlands, just 4%, and in Germany, zero. So the fundamental argument here to counter the left's idea that Canada has the best healthcare system in the world is that access to wait lists do not equal access to healthcare. Secondstreet.org is a new Canadian think tank that has done incredible work on this topic. I really encourage everybody listening to go check out their work. It really adds a human face to some of these healthcare statistics that we often can brush over when they're on paper, but really there is an element here of human suffering, both in terms of pain and death, that need to be considered very strongly when we're talking about healthcare wait times. Second Street published a report on healthcare wait times back in December 2021 and here's what they found. In the year 2020 to 2021, at least 11,581 patients died while waiting for surgeries, procedures and diagnostic scans in Canada. They also found that waiting list deaths are on the rise in this country. So as you can see there's a real human cost here to wait lists in Canada. Shockingly, judges out in BC ruled against letting Canadian patients seek access to medical care outside the public system, even when the wait lists are too long. In this case involving the Canby Surgery Centre out in Vancouver, the CBC reported that judges wrote, although waitlists denied some patients their charter right to life and security of the person, those violations are permitted under the principles of fundamental justice because the law is meant to ensure equitable provision of healthcare and prevent the creation of a two-tier system where access depends on wealth. This word two-tier always comes up in any sort of discussion about healthcare reform in Canada. So here's how to effectively address that argument when that word comes up. Number one, it's unethical for the government to deny Canadians access to healthcare alternatives if the government's monopoly on healthcare in this country is not providing timely access to healthcare. Secondly, a lot of times when Canadians talk about two-tier healthcare system, they always make this argument that if you did have a private option for some, that would only lengthen the wait times for people in the government systems. But just logically thinking this through, this would not happen. If there were 10 people in line in a government system, and then five of them left to go to a different system, then obviously the five left in the government system would move up the wait list, get their treatment faster. It works out for everybody. Finally, what people who fearmonger about this two-tier system always fail to acknowledge is that already, currently in Canada, there are hundreds of thousands of Canadians who leave every year to go find medically necessary treatment. Another report from secondstreet.org shows that Canadian patients made at least 217,500 trips to other countries in 2017 alone, specifically for healthcare. That's an insane number considering it's only for one year. SecondStreet.org also gives some context of just how big that number is. So if you think of the Rogers Centre, which is a baseball stadium in Toronto where the Blue Jays play, it's pretty big. So, if you've seen a picture, we've got one on the screen here for our YouTube listeners. It's massive. The capacity is over 53,000. So, you would have to fill that thing full to the brim four times full of Canadians just to calculate the number of Canadians who went abroad to seek medically necessary healthcare treatments in 2017. Okay, so that was a lot of information. But to recap, When leftists make this argument that Canada has the best healthcare system in the world, first, you can state your agreement that you don't think that poor and vulnerable Canadians should be denied access to healthcare simply on the basis of their income. Next, you need to argue that access to a waitlist is not the same as access to healthcare. Third, you should point out that even though Canada is one of the biggest spenders on healthcare when it comes to universal comparable systems, we have some of the poorest performance indicators. My favorite line is that ultimately, people vote with their feet. If hundreds of thousands of Canadians are fleeing the country every single year in pursuit of timely medical treatments, clearly there's something wrong with Canada's healthcare system. Moving on, let's debunk argument number two. Now, you might hear this all the time. The left will say that Canada's healthcare is free. While healthcare is administered by provinces, there are slight variations in every province. I live in Ontario and I can attest to the fact that No, not all healthcare is free. I pay for my vision care, I pay for my dental care, and I often will pay for prescriptions. Sometimes you'll have an employer who will have a plan, but those things are not included under Canada's quote unquote free healthcare system. The more obvious retort to this argument from the left that our healthcare system is free is that obviously nothing is free. There's no such thing as government money. All of the money that government spends comes from our pockets. So we pay taxes for our healthcare services. Admittedly, it's difficult to understand how much each individual pays for healthcare services that they receive every year, because in Canada, as we mentioned in other podcasts, we have a graduated tax system here. So one family might pay a different amount of money for healthcare every year versus another family. Although the Fraser Institute did an interesting study on this, so what they found was that if you try and find a typical Canadian family, two working parents, and then, Two kids, so a family of four altogether, they found that for the average Canadian family, they would pay. per year in taxes for healthcare in Canada. But of course, there are other costs than just what we pay in taxes that are associated with our choice to have this universal healthcare system in Canada. If you consider, for example, opportunity costs, opportunity costs meaning because we've chosen this type of healthcare system, what other sorts of costs are we incurring, even in the form of missed opportunities? And as we saw over the past two years with COVID-19 lockdowns, our healthcare system capacity really extended the cost of lockdowns and the economic damage done in Canada because we extended the length of our lockdowns due to healthcare capacity. As Dr. Sean Watley points out, throughout COVID-19, Toronto has had the dubious distinction of being one of the most locked down cities in the world, despite the fact that its hospitalizations per capita have remained far lower than many other cities. The sad reality is that our system faces catastrophe when there are only a few hundred extra patients in intensive care units. And of course, this finding is corroborated by a Fraser Institute study that looked at other healthcare systems that are universal in access to compare Canada's system. And Canada ranked 25th out of a total of 26 countries they were considering in number of acute care beds per 1,000 people. So to recap, when people argue that Canada's healthcare system is free, it obviously is not free. We pay for it through hefty taxes, and there are pretty substantial opportunity costs associated with having a socialized healthcare system. All right, let's move on to the next leftist argument. Take a listen. Exhibit A, Doug Ford. On the campaign trail, conservative politicians love to say they're for the people, but we know what happens once they're in office. Families here in Ontario have seen just how far they're willing to go to help the wealthiest few. How quickly they will make cuts to public health and to the services people rely on most. They don't understand that you can't cut your way to prosperity. Doug Ford threatened cuts to Ontario's autism program. He cancelled an out-of-country OHIP program, and he cut Ontario's pharmacare program that was focused on the needs of kids and young adults rewarding the wealthy and big polluters and making life harder for the middle class that's what conservative politicians do you might have recognized that voice if you're an audio listener but if you didn't see who that was that's prime minister Justin Trudeau explaining another leftist argument when it comes to health care in Canada which they excuse the failings of the system by saying, well, it's just underfunded. You know, conservatives have made cuts to the healthcare system year over year, and it's because of these quote unquote conservative cuts that our social healthcare system is not functioning as well as it should be. So quick math, Justin Trudeau was elected back in 2015, which means he's been in power for seven years. If he really was so concerned about quote unquote cuts that the previous government had made, he'd have had more than enough time to recuperate those quote unquote losses for the healthcare system. But of course, it's not even true that the previous government cut healthcare funding. In Canada, the previous government that was in power before Justin Trudeau was a conservative government led by Prime Minister Stephen Harper. And it's pretty easy to debunk Trudeau's claim if you just go back and look budget by budget, From the time Harper got into office to the time he left, healthcare funding increased, end of story, debunked, boom. Next, even in my home province of Ontario, which is the most populous province in the country, our conservative leader, Premier Doug Ford, has also brought healthcare spending to historic highs. So it's simply just not the case that conservative politicians cut healthcare spending. Beyond that, as we've already stated on this show, Canada is one of the top spenders on healthcare in the world. Switzerland took first place by a hair. They spent about 11.4% of their GDP on healthcare, whereas Canada spends 11.3%, but very similar. So, Canada is amongst the top spenders on healthcare in the world. But as Dr. Sean Watley aptly points out, Canada is spending more, but we're getting a lot less for all of that money that we're spending. In a news article he published, he says this In 1990, the province had 33,403 acute care hospital beds or 3.2 per 1000 population and healthcare spending represented 8.3% of the province's GDP. By 2017, Ontario only had 18,571 beds or 1.3 per 1000 people, but health spending rose to 11.3% of GDP. This is simply bad value for money and any politician who argues that we simply need to dump more money into the system to improve it is ignoring the fact that we have been increasing healthcare spending for decades and been getting less as a result. It's time for more innovation and competition, but that's a little bit difficult when you only have a single payer socialized healthcare system. Last but not least, let's get to the left's most common argument when it comes to Canada's healthcare system, and that is that any sort of privatization talk will lead to the Americanization of the Canadian healthcare system. Take a listen. Had we not won the 2019 election, I wake up in a cold sweat thinking about that. Do you think the Conservatives would have provided the support to individuals and to businesses that we did? Do you think they would have bought the vaccines that we did? I don't think so. And so it really, really matters. And it matters for the future. Um, We put out, I think we put this out already. If not, you guys are gonna get the scoop on the rest of the country. (laughs) But we tweeted out some video of Aaron O'Toole during the conservative leadership campaign where he talks about privatizing Medicare. Can you believe that? Would you be prepared to allow provinces to experiment with real healthcare reform, including the provision of private, for profit, and non profit healthcare options inside of universal coverage? Yes. Now I'll Great. elaborate a little bit more. <laughs> we can't have just one old model that is increasingly becoming inefficient, and we have to find public private uh, synergies, and that capital will come in. To, to, to drive efficiencies. I've run on this for several years now. So what we just heard there was Canada's finance minister, Christia Freeland, when she was campaigning back in 2021, fear mongering about what conservatives would do to privatize Canadian health care, leading to the Americanization of our system. We heard a lot of clips there from different media outlets, legacy media, in canada talking about how scary it is this prospect of privatization now it's important to note that politicians on the left and even legacy media stand to benefit immensely from fear-mongering about privatization within the canadian healthcare system on the left it really rallies and motivates their base to say that if conservatives get elected they're going to privatize the system it's going to be just like down in the us where apparently you have to sell your home to get a a medical treatment, according to Jim Carrey. The media also stands to gain viewers by fear-mongering about this topic. But both, in fact, are doing Canadians a disservice by stifling conversations about meaningful healthcare reform in Canada. As we've already detailed in the show, many studies have confirmed that the best-performing universal healthcare systems in the world incorporate elements of private care. But as long as the legacy media and politicians on the left make it politically lethal to discuss any sort of form of privatization, Canada's healthcare system will remain stagnant in its current form of failing to deliver meaningful health treatments on time to Canadians. All right, so clearly leftists have a lot to say about the Canadian healthcare system, but let's do a quick recap. Here are their four main arguments. One, Canada's healthcare system is the best system in the world. Two, it's free. Three, its problems are just due to underfunding. Four, we can't talk of privatization because it will lead to an American system, and here's how you counter those policies. One, Canada's healthcare system is one of the best funded yet poorest performing universal healthcare systems. Two, it costs Canadians thousands per year in hefty taxes. Three, while healthcare spending is going up, performance is actually going down. And four, the top performing universal healthcare systems in the world all incorporate elements of private care. So here's a reality check. Canada's healthcare system is in dire need of reform, and we can make a lot of improvements improve healthcare for all Canadians simply by adopting best practices from other universal healthcare systems in the world, including a role for private insurance. So it's time our leaders stop politicizing this issue in Canada and start delivering results for Canadians. Our lives depend on it. That's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to tune in every Wednesday to Reality Check Podcast. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review so others like you can and find the show. I'm Jasmine Moulton and this is Reality Check.